All right. It's good to see you this morning. It's good to be here. Opportunities. Uh, I, I announced last week that uh, uh, we are taking a break from the Corinthian uh, passages we've been walking through, and uh, we will get back to that next year, that which seems so long away, but that's just a few, just a few weeks. And in the meantime, our, our, we wanted to direct your focus, of course. Here it is, uh, Christmas is getting close. Um, and where, where is your mind? What are, what are you thinking of? You know, in our household, it's been uh, Christmas decorations, and oh man, I hung a lot of things yesterday. As I, I am, and I, I had to apologize to my wife. Is I just I don't enjoy this. I'm a little grumpy, so it's not directed towards you. It would be helpful if she didn't have anything to hang up because you know it is kind of her fault. So anyway, but I, I wasn't directing it at her anyway. Uh, where is where's your mind? I mean, what what is it? 19 days until Christmas, and you're thinking of shopping and and all this busyness. I, I mean, the other thing is family getting together and direction. Um, we really really want to take advantage whenever this season comes up because uh, uh, we want to direct your thinking about what we really want to celebrate. And, and therefore, the series we've entitled is called Live Christ Moss. Uh, are you familiar with Spanish? I'm not. I had to be instructed what this is, okay? Live Christ Moss means live Christ more. Uh, and so... Uh, that is our series. We are, we are looking in the direction of the Philippian, the, the letter to the Philippians. From, from Corinthians, we're going to jump over to uh, Philippians. was an incredible letter that Paul, uh, and, and almost uh, just seems like Paul's favorite uh, congregation, supporters and the circumstances that they live in is much like uh, uh, Paul had to deal with. No wonder my Bible was backwards. There we go. Now I'm in better shape. I won't talk backwards now. Um, anyway, uh, so we're, we're going to be turning to the, this letter to the Philippians. Uh, it is significant in what it says, and, and the focus is going to be on chapter 2 over the next few weeks. It's going to be chapter 2. But I especially wanted to point out uh, the, the first directive by Paul to the, to the uh, Philippians is in verse 27 where he says, Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the, of the gospel of Christ. Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. How, how do you do that? Live Christ more. Let, and I believe that's the point of chapter 2. How, how, how do we live a life that's going to be uh, worthy of this gospel? Live Christ. Live Christ. So our encouragement as we uh, approach uh, Christmas, I know there's a lot of things going on, and, and man, your focus at work and at home, uh, there's going to be a lot of that going on, but don't miss the opportunity for this to be a pursuit for you over this holiday season, is to live Christ more. Uh, we're going to begin today by reading the first four verses of this chapter two. Um, and as, as you turn there, if you have your devices or, or your Bibles with you, uh, again, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, I want to give you a little background. Uh, it's so important as you read the, through this uh, book of Philippians, what's going on, uh, what the atmosphere uh, possibly is for the Philippian church as they receive this letter. 
Uh, let's go back to the beginning when Christ was introduced to this city of Philippi. Uh, it was Paul and Silas who was there. Acts chapter 16, if you want to jot that down and read it later. Acts chapter 16, here's the, the circumstances of the very beginnings of Christ coming into this community. Some very positive things were happening. Paul, Paul did what Paul does. You know, his strategy is always go to the, the synagogue first. There was no synagogue in town, but there was a group of Jewish ladies praying on the outside of the city. And he joined them. And, and there was converted amongst them Lydia and her whole household, which opened the door for, you know, a place for uh, accommodations for Paul and Silas while they continued to minister to Philippi. And uh, uh, as, as their, their next cause was, you know, to, of course, was to take the, the gospel message to that city. And so they found themselves walking uh, probably to the marketplace and things like that. And they encountered... Uh, a woman who was demon-possessed. Uh, and, and every day they, they were followed by this woman who was demon-possessed. And she would, she would shout after them, here, here are uh, servants of the Most High God. Here are servants of the Most High God. Uh, listen to them. They'll, they'll tell you how you can be saved. And they, she, she just announced. I mean, it was free publicity, you might say. But it happened every day. And, and finally, I don't know how many days it doesn't say, but Paul was getting a little annoyed. So don't annoy Paul or something's going to happen. Paul turns around, rebukes the demon that possesses this servant girl, and the servant, I mean, the, the demon leaves, leaves her. He heals her. And, and, uh, but that causes trouble. It causes trouble. Uh, someone had to be very influential in, in Philippi, very wealthy, because he was making money off of her. She was telling people's fortunes. And uh, uh, when, when the demon left her, so did that ability to tell people's fortunes leave her. He wrecked, Paul wrecked, or Saul wrecked, that, that business you know, boy, no more income coming in. And so uh, the guy was irate and, and had him thrown in prison. He was beaten and thrown in prison. And so that was the beginnings of Christianity in, in Philippi. Some good things happening. Matter of fact, the Philippian jailer came to know Christ in that. So it, we'd say, man, it was, a, it was a big plus in Philippi. But we also know in the passage of Scripture, for instance, in verse uh, verse. 28 and 29, that just as Paul, because Paul says that he is actually writing this letter to the Philippines while he's in, in chains. He's, he's in custody. He's in chains. And, and so th this is all the circumstances. And, and again, 28 and 29, Paul refers to that you, your suffering, your suffering, and, and also your, the opposition that you're facing in those two verses, both brought up in those verses. So, so if anything, w one thing we, we know for sure is there are difficulties around the Christians in, in Philippi. Difficulties, uh, persecutions, uh, and, and those things. Paul's facing it, they're facing it. That's probably why uh, Paul had kind of a heart for the Philippians, uh, believers, because they were believers and even in the face of suffering um, let's read uh, chapter 2 verses 1 through 4 verse 2 it says therefore if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ if any comfort from his love 
if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and, and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Again, Paul began you know, earlier by saying, listen, hey, live a life worthy of the gospel of Christ. Live a life worthy of the gospel of Christ. You know, live Christ more. Live Christ more. In order for us to live Christ more, we must live selfless. We must live selfless. That's the beginnings, uh, is to live selfless. Now, Paul defines for us in, in verses 3 and 4 specifically what living selfless and Christ more means. And so he begins here in verse 3 by saying, Hey, hey do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Prior to that, I think, I think it's also important to point out in verse 1, uh, he begins by, I, I think, responding again by, by saying, hey, listen, focus upon that gospel message, the one you want to live worthy by. He lays it out. He says, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, each of these terms brings up what we have in Jesus, that salvation we have in Christ. This is our motivation for why do we live a, a, a life that, you know, not, not focused on self and not, not all about vain conceit. Why? Well, again, it's that gospel message, which he referred to in 27. He just lays it out in chapter 1. And, and I mean, in, in chapter 2, verse 1. And in the second verse, why? Okay, you know, if you have encouragement, if you have comfort, if you have common sharing, tenderness, and compassion from this gospel message... Do what? To, to, together, then you become one. You become one. So, so one way is, uh, of, of uh, um, living a life worthy is to become one together. To, to have the, the same mind, uh, the same love, and, and the one spirit. Be united in one spirit. So it's calling to unity. Well, how do we do that? Then comes that verses 3 and 4 where specifically it says, you know, X or, or don't, don't exist according to your selfish ambition. Wow, isn't that contrary to the world around us, wouldn't you say? Uh, to, to live selfish ambition, vain conceit. Uh, it, we'd like to think that we're pretty selfless people, selfless people. But the world around us does not call us to do that. If you watch any kind of commercials, it always appeals to what? Your desires, you know, what's going to be helpful for you. Matter of fact, if, if we think you know, we're Americans, what is it that we're Americans might have to do with our, you know, this, this thing of selfish ambition and vain conceit? Uh, Americans are taught from the Declaration of Independence what? They are endowed by their creator with the certain unalienable rights... Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We love that. We really do. I mean, the freedom that we have and what we've been given, that, excellent. And, and, and we definitely love that. But, but what do we focus on? 
Well, what is it, the things that we focus on? We focus on the things of, let's see, comfort. It, it, it is a pursuit of comfort. It is a pursuit of convenience. We love convenience. You can tell because, man, all, all the businesses look for ways to be more convenient. Even through COVID, what are we doing? Hey, we will deliver your groceries or we'll bring it out and load it into your car. And, and, and man, convenience is something we pursue. Security, definitely, right? And, and along with that, all, all the opportunity to get stuff. That, that's an easy way to say you know, everything that we pursue. Again, go back to the commercialism. What, what are the things that are going to make us happy is the stuff. Are we right? Not just the needs, but the stuff we could add to life. life. You know, the jet skis, the, the boats, the SUVs. Linda and I haven't gotten there yet. I keep on talking, but, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, different things. I mean, the better house, the bigger house, maybe one with a pool in the backyard. or Yeah, you, you get the drift. It, it's the better stuff. You know, have, have we passed around our, our wish list for Christmas yet? And, and these are the things that I want. And see, our focus is really gets clear off of where our focus should be uh, when it comes to this time of year. It's what we've been given what we've already been given through Christ. Now, what Paul is saying in this passage, uh, no longer, you know, according to our selfish ambition or our vain conceit, what he, what he talks about is, is don't let your motivation be self-centered. Don't let your motivation be self-centered. Instead of the words comfort and, and convenience and, and sacrifices and stuff, I believe the words for the believer changes. Uh, the focus is for us changes. It, it ought to be submission, which, which is really different from comfort, but submission and, and service and, and becoming a servant. And, and even that word, which absolutely is, is painful, is sacrifice. Doing away with, maybe doing without. But for Jesus, didn't he do all those things? It, Jesus submitted before God and went to the cross, served, which we're going to see next week. We'll, we'll read the rest of the passage that I think is so key and get close to that next, next week, beginning verse 5 through 31. But, but this was all about Jesus, how he came and lived. If we're going to live Christ more, doesn't it mean our focus is now submission? Submission? And, and service, thinking about what it means to be a servant and learning what it means to sacrifice. It's not that idea of gaining all for me. Instead, it's, it's, it's about living a life which is really contrary to this world about how can I give to others? How can I give with what God has blessed me with? What, what I have, how can I give? How can I take care of. Matter of fact, that's as Paul continues in this definition of living selfless. Paul defines this selfless life by valuing others above yourselves. That's that next part. Don't, it's not about selfish ambition. What it's about is valuing others above ourselves. Isn't that what Jesus, how he lived his life? Again, that's Paul's point, but I'd even like to go to, to Luke chapter 22. This came to mind. 
The reason this came to mind, because I remember the disciples were, were having a discussion. I, I could just see it off to the side. All these group of guys who have been following Jesus, listening to him. And they had a discussion of who's the greatest. You know, who, who gets the top spot? Later on, I know a couple of boys come up, or a couple of, of his disciples come up, brothers, and, and uh, the mother asked, you know, can, can my son sit on both, you know, when you get to your kingdom, can my son sit on both sides? You know, one on your right and one on your left. Looking for that place of prominence. But these guys are saying, well, who's going to take the spot? Who's, who's number one next to Jesus? Who's Jesus number one? Well, who's number two? Who's number three? And a little argument ensues as to who should be number one. Well, Jesus hears this, and, and he, he looks to them and says, you know, hey, the world is like this. You know, there's, there's kings, and, and there's people of importance and, and focuses. And, and uh, uh, verse 26, he says, but you are not to be like that. You are not to be like that. He says, instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest and, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater? He asked this question, who is greater? The one who is at the table, table, who's seated at the table, or the one who serves? Which one is greater? The world would say what? Well, the one who's seated at the table, who's being served, right? But Jesus says, is it not the one who is at the table? He agrees with that. It, to the world, it'll say it's the one at the table. But then Jesus says, but I am one who serves. So the one they're following, the one who they know is number one, says, hey, I'm not seated at the table. I'm one who serves. So guess what your place is? <laughs> we need to understand that, man, coming after Jesus, that, that idea of us submitting, of, of us serving, of us taking that place of even sacrificing Oh, I mean, I'm not just talking about death, but I'm just our stuff, or or even our way of life, being living a sacrificial and even a generous life, which we're going to talk about uh, so much more next week. That 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 ought to be our pursuit, and and even as we get in this Christmas season, may we have the attitude of of that to to be like Christ, with the attitude that hey. Others are more valuable or more important than myself. And, and number, I'm not number one, but, but who, who's in need? Who can I care for? In the book Life Together, one of my uh, favorite works by Diedrich Bonhoeffer, one that I've gone through several times, he, he lays out uh, several uh, identifiers of, of what it means to, to value so, uh, our brothers and sisters more than myself. And I like to, to just read, you know, break them down. I've, I've written them a little differently. But, but here's the ideas behind it. Number one is to refuse to speak unloving about any brother or sister in Christ. Refuse. I mean, I, this is a stand I'm going to take. I'm not going to speak about any of you in any ill or unloving way. If I can't speak anything, you know, if, if something needs to be said, I'm going to come to you. If there's a, a problem or if it's just gossip. And not even true. I shouldn't even be a part of that because you are, you are connected with me. Remember all the ones, one in mind, one in heart? You're part of who I am because we're both in Christ. 
And therefore, I'm not going to speak ill. I'm not going to get on Facebook. I'm not going to get on Twitter and say something bad about my brother and sister in Christ or even amongst a a, a group. Never going to do it. Uh, Number two, he talks about cultivating humility by understanding this point that Paul embraced. This is Paul who writes these letters. Paul's the one who says, I am the greatest of sinners. We need to have that same attitude. We need to understand who we are. We're broken people who do not deserve, clearly, do not deserve what God has given us. That's why we call it grace. I've received something I don't deserve. How in the world can I elevate myself in any way? What I've been given, I I don't deserve. Therefore, I have the opportunity to serve my God who, who is given so graciously by loving my brothers and sisters in Christ. Keep humble, realizing who we are. This table, when we, when we celebrate uh, this, this communion, that is a continuous reminder of how we have become who we are. It's only because of Jesus, right? It's only because of Jesus. Next thing he says, next item, he says, we need to listen. I love this part because I think this is true. Uh, that, that we need to develop our ability to listen to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Listen, you know, not, not just the, the, the calm, how you doing? Oh, well, fine, and, and we, we do that kind of conversation. What happens when someone says, not the best? Well, I'll pray for you and then move on. But, but the truth is we need to, to be listening to one another. You know, what, well, what is it? What is it? You know, tell, tell me, what, what's been happening? Uh, we, we know people in their occupations, teachers, you know, talking to, to one of our teachers just to say, how's things going? I, I know this has been a difficult year for you. Or, or businesses, how's, how's your business going? Are, are, you, are you able to make it? Or are you working? That's been some of the questions I've asked throughout this past year. Have you had some of those questions? Concerned about uh, maybe some teachers or, or workers amongst us. Uh, has there been a genuine concern? How are you making it through these days? And, and having the ability to stop and really listen to what a brother or sister says. Next, to refuse to think my time and my calling is too important for, to, to help stop and take care of a need. Uh, man, talk about guilty. Sometimes I think, well, I've got too much to do. I don't have time. Have you been there, though? Have you been there? Just, I've got too much to do to, to stop and, and, and help give a guy a ride over here. Or e- even if it's a menial or even calm thing, who, who am I again? A- am I too important to take care of or help somebody else in need? Uh, then, then we are not valuing others the way we should. The next kind of coincides with what I talked about last week is to be able to share or speak the, God's word when they need to hear it. Uh, man, the words that are encouraging or maybe words of instruction that, that maybe they, they've missed, to, to be able to implement the word of God amongst us and, and, and value each other by sharing God's word. Finally, the other one is to understand that, that we are called to service without recognition. Just to, to know clearly, the reason I'm serving is not so I could, you know, even when I die, I will have a plaque designated after me. It's not my motivation. 
or, or I'm going to receive some kind of an award woohoo, in the community. It's not our motivation. It's not our pursuit. Our, our pursuit is to be like Jesus, to, to live Christ more. Man, I, it, it is a difficult thing what Paul calls the Philippians to do, if you think about it. It is a difficult thing, even examining my own life throughout this week as I went through this. I thought, man, how many times am I just intentionally pers- you know, being careful about not pursuing my own selfish desires? They crop up all the time. Uh, I'm just speaking about me. I know it doesn't happen for you guys. It's my big problem. You know? I think all of us have, have those wrestle- that wrestling, right? This is what I want. This is what I care for. But Paul says, replace that with a, a love and a value for my brothers and sisters in Christ. And then, then next, he brings it to a challenge. Let's, let's put some action behind it. And I believe that is so valuable, that, that some kind of action is taking place. And, and he says this in verse 4 by saying, express concern for others' needs. And I don't think that's just with words. I think that is with action. Verse 4 specifically says, not looking to your own interests. Well, how do you take care of your interests? It's not just with words. You deal with it. You, you see the need. You, you seek to take care of it. But each of you to the interest of others. To act on behalf of others. I think about this, the Philippians in this. Their circumstances... The, the, the persecutions that's going on around them. And, and in the midst of that, do you think there was any needs? Absolutely. You know, the simplest thing we say, well, meant encouraging words. But what, what happens when one is imprisoned? You know, maybe because of their faith, they're put in prison like Paul was. You know, who's seen to, to his needs? You know, do we step up or you send them a card and say, well, we just... Or will anybody visit and say, what can we do for you? Maybe as a family. How, how could we, you know, don't, don't worry about your family. We're going we're gonna to see to their needs until we, could, uh, until we see where this goes. You know, it, it is caring and valuing each other. That had to be happening amongst the Philippians. Oh, how they cared. Paul talks about in this letter, letter how this congregation you know, moved, they acted in care. They, they had a collection that went beyond, you know, all expectations that, that was taking care of needs in Jerusalem and also Paul's needs. And, and so it, it was evident in them. Now, I already mentioned this, but this, this COVID-19, the circumstances that, that we faced this past year, maybe would be a good measurement of where we are have we been taking care of ourselves or have we had concern and value for others? Have we been making some contacts to those? There's a number of us who aren't here. They're at home and, and we haven't seen a number of them in a long time. Have we been making some phone calls and just saying, hey, how are you doing? I've heard some who have gotten sick because of this. Are, are we calling saying, hey, is there anything you need? Is there anything we could be doing for you while you're in quarantine? Do you have enough food? 
You know, just, just some details. I know a young man who, who's part of the congregation just has a special need in, in, in trying to get his, his, his job worked out. And so some, some finances are needed in, in, in getting that taken care of. And, and just a little bit has been mentioned. Some money's been collected. And, you know, that's part of, of loving uh, the brothers and sisters in Christ uh, amongst us. Why? Why is this so important? Why, why do you think it's so important? Because, well, we just have to be one. You have to be united because we're in Christ. But for Paul, I could tell you absolutely the whole thing and why it's so important is because of the constant moving of the gospel. That the constant desire that this gospel is spreading. And, and, and we could teach you what to say and, and go about in, in our community uh, communicating what it means to take out this gospel and, and how to introduce it. But if the church, if the church, if the people are not united, and, and if we're not loving, and if we're not resembling the gospel message, how effective is it going to be when we're telling others about the gospel message? It needs to be supported with the action and, and that Hey, the gospel message is real and it's living in me. Why? Because I care about you and I I'm, I'm, my pursuit is to live like Jesus. My pursuit is to live like Jesus in order for the gospel to continue to move. That's his desire. That's why he came. We're, we're, putting, this, we're putting some legs, we're putting some uh, action ourselves to uh, uh, this uh, series and Matthew is going to come up and, and share with you a, a focus that we would love for you to, uh, to be a part of here in the next several weeks. All right, so. Right, who, who here likes to be, be part of this family? Right, yeah, look, all the hands go up. I know even ones that didn't go up, I know you do. Um, yeah, I get it. So, so here, here's the thing too, I, I do too. Uh, so does Ronnie. Um, I think most people that walk in these doors and they, they start to get invested here, and they start to talk to people. They start to build relationships. Man, they love to be a part of this family. We, like Ronnie just mentioned, we've, when we have needs, we take care of them, right? We, we try to take care of people the best that we can in those ways. Uh, but sometimes we can get so caught up worrying about our own family that we forget about the people outside of these walls, right? The, the, the men and women that are in this community, that we have an opportunity to help and minister to each and every day. Because when we come across texts like this, it's both an individual responsibility as well as a corporate responsibility, right? We have a responsibility as a church, as a family, to not live selfishly. And so this last, uh, about a week and a half ago or so, well, before that, we, we started to put this series together. And one of the things that we wanted to do was make sure that each week during this series, if we're going to ask people to live Christ more, how can we give them an opportunity to, to play that out? And some, some of the steps that, some of the things that we're going to have going on are going to be more take action, do something, um, and some of them are going to, are going to work themselves out a little bit differently. And so this week, um, as we kind of were preparing for this, we came across a need, um, a need that, man, we wish, we wish we didn't have, honestly. Um, it, some of you might be familiar with the Novorosky family. Uh, I've got a picture of Jackson up here. It's not going to be real visible, uh, but Jackson Novorosky lives in Milford. 
but he does a lot of things uh, in, our, in sports activities within our community. Uh, and actually, he was at our camp out over the summer uh, when we did our youth camp out. Uh, but recently, uh, within the last week and a half, two weeks, he was diagnosed with lymphoma. Ooh. The good news is it's, it's uh, curable and treatable. So that's really positive. But he's 13. And uh, he had to start chemo treatments immediately. Uh, and it's going to be a long road for him. So this is an opportunity that we have to, as a congregation, give outside of these walls to somebody that, a family that needs it. Now, uh, because of uh, insurance and stuff, a lot of the medical expenses are going to be taken care of. Um, but at the same time, there's always expenses that are associated with these things that you don't foresee. Between having to stay in hotels, replacing carpet and beds and things like that in their room to make sure that this is a sanitary environment uh, for, for him and obviously for him as he's going through you know, these treatments, his immune system's compromised. Go down the list. Anybody that's been around cancer has seen its devastation firsthand. So we are going to, through the month of December into January 3rd, each week, if you feel led to give to the Novorosky family, I've already reached out and talked with Morgan uh, uh, Heidi, which is his mother's uh, sister, who is, is kind of heading up some of the, the, the fundraising opportunities that they have. They're, they're talking about putting on a 5K and doing some other things. But this is just a simple thing that we can do is give to a family uh, that's in need right now, a family that's not part of this congregation, although has some connection uh, through some of our students. And so, man, if you feel led to give in that uh, designation line, put uh, either Jackson or his uh, nickname is Mighty Mouse, uh, so you could put that. Uh, just whatever, put something in there so that we know that that's where that money goes. And at the end of the month, on January 3rd, actually, we will have a total of that and we will give that to them. And again, we're not looking for recognition. I made sure with them. The only reason that I reached out to them is to make sure that they were okay with it, that they were comfortable with us giving to them. Um, and, and although they had tension about it, uh, at the same time, they're also, uh, they're not too proud to not accept help. So um, I'm going to pray real quick over this, and then I'll give it back to Ronnie. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today, and uh, sometimes giving money uh, doesn't seem like enough, and I understand that, uh, Lord, but, but during this time of the season where we're thinking about how much money we're going to spend or, or allocating our budgets on, on, uh, on gifts or, or whatever, uh, it's, a, it's a very real uh, sacrifice to have to do that because we might not be able to get the certain things that we want to get or do, the, do things that we want to do. Uh, but Lord, we, we have a family that has some connection to this church but is, is connected in our community that has need. And so Lord, I just ask that uh, you, would bless, um, you would bless this offering and Lord, that at the same time, too, that you would uh, stir up uh, this family's heart to, 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 be, to go outside of itself. Uh, Lord, we are so thankful for the opportunities that you've given us, the, the privilege that it is to live in such a great country with such great opportunity. And Lord, we just ask that we would continue to place others above ourselves. We love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thanks, Matt. We want to challenge you to live Christ more uh, by um, living selfless 
and, and keep that as a, as a message uh, for, for the months or for the weeks ahead. I want to read through this passage just one more time as, as a way of closing. Listen to what Paul says. He says, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the, the one gift, Father, that, that was given in life that, that uh, makes all the difference in our relationship. Father, that has made all the difference in each of our lives, from living condemned to living uh, restored and atoned for, uh, to living a life uh, claimed to be your children and people of your kingdom. Father, we are a privileged people. And Lord, to, to live life according to uh, what you desire, uh, what, what you hope in us, is to live that life that Jesus lived. To live a life not full of self, but full of love and obedience before you. A desire to serve you in, in the state that we are now. God, we pray that you direct us, guide us, give us the strength through your spirit to act in a way that is unworldly, but is, is uh, of your kingdom. God, help us to represent you well in this. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.